Hello once again. Welcome back to Vox Pop, WAMC's live afternoon call-in talk show. I'm Ray Graff. Do you have a website or perhaps you're an avid blogger? Do you tweet? What's the cloud anyway? There's a lot to establishing a web presence for yourself or your business, and there's a lot to know about privacy and security. Cliff Rohde is here to help you make sense of it all. Cliff is owner of Goat Cloud Communication. He's passionate about the intersection of communications and technology and helps many different types of businesses, nonprofits, and individuals to thrive online. He's been deploying technology strategically to advance real-world goals since the late 1980s. He built his first website in 1996. This is ancient history. Cliff's specialties include messaging, web design and deployment, technology coaching, online advertising, and measuring results. Now, a disclaimer here. This is not a technical computer issue program. So if you got a problem with your hard drive or if your power supply is on the fritz, that's not the show. Uh, that would be a different computer show. You can call your expert if you're in a hurry or, or wait until we do one of those shows. This is Cliff Rohde, and we talk strategy and online presence. The number to call is 1-800-348-2551. Again, that's 1-800-348-2551. You can also post comments on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash WAMC Radio, or you can tweet your questions and comments at WAMC Vox Pop, or even email us at voxpop at WAMC.org. But again, the number is 1-800-348-2551. Cliff, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me, Ray. Nice to have you back on the program. And um, I don't know if you saw this. It was in the Sunday New York Times. And before we get to the calls, and we have a couple already on the line, and we'll get to Natalie first in a moment, so hang in there, Natalie. Uh, this is uh, headlined, As Paris Terror Attacks Unfolded, Social Media Tools Offered Help in Crisis. And the gist of this is that Facebook activated its safety check tool which allows users in an area affected by a crisis to mark themselves or others as safe. This, to me, this is—I um, know they've done this a few times, but this is this is quite a development. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's really a fascinating part of uh, kind of where we're going online. I, I, you know, it's a it's a reflection of humans. The, the whole social media sphere is a reflection, I think, of us, both good and bad. In this case, really good, right? Because Facebook, I think they had this. Uh, this uh, safety check in place usually for natural disasters, yeah. but decided to put it in place for the, the terrible events in Paris. All right. For those who don't know what that is, explain it quickly, how that works. Well, you know, the general notion is that people are, uh, when, a, when you have some sort of terrible event like this, uh, people know people who are in that area and they want to know about them. Are they safe? Right. That's the bottom line question. And so this offers an ability for people to say, I am safe. So they can let their loved ones know everything is okay for them at the moment. And, you know, because so many people are online, and that's the first place you go to so often now to check about anything, why shouldn't it be for whether your loved one is okay? And, you know, Twitter, and if you're a sports fan like I am, you you use Twitter often for the latest, the very latest up-to-the-minute news. But in, in big news events, Twitter has become so invaluable for so many people. Indeed. Embarrassingly, I was checking the college football playoff rankings last night. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that, that's a different show. But, and there, there's an argument to be had with that topic as well. But Twitter is, depending on who you follow, can be so precise. And one of the ones on my Twitter feed is BBC Breaking News. Sure. And they were all over the Paris story, I, I think ahead, well ahead of the stateside networks. Right. And so following, it can almost be a very addictive thing following news. 
Oh. On your handheld device. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it uh, helps to fire off that dopamine, I think. But, you know, in the case of Twitter also, kind of like Facebook, um, it was really an example of people using these social media tools to help, right, for good, because there was a, a hashtag campaign. Um, I would butcher the, the French language if I tried to say it, but it meant open door. Yep. Basically, people were offering their homes, their cars, whatever the case may be, to help people in need during the tragedy. Yeah. So times, times they are a-changing. Let's go to the phones, 800-348-2551. Natalie in Great Barrington, thanks for waiting. You're on. Yes, hi. It's good to meet you, Cliff. Thanks for taking my call. I have a quick question for you about um, nonprofits. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is I work for the Red Cross, and it is a great tool for anybody to go on the Red Cross, and they can sign up on any mobile device or on their iPad or whatever, and it's a great way to just be prepared ahead of time to be able to utilize that service you are just talking about of letting people know they're okay if there's a natural disaster and whatnot. My question for you, Cliff, is um, I actually have a nonprofit on Facebook for Earth Day. I run the Earth Day in Adams, Massachusetts. It's Earth Day Coalition. And I'm wondering if there's a way that someone could actually open up a blog that a nonprofit could actually um, do that without having to worry about cost. Is there something that... Could you actually write off a web page? I guess that's my main, my main question for you. <laughs> well, I don't know that I'm qualified to answer tax no, questions. No, that's another show. Yeah, boy. Those yeah. have interesting questions. Um, but are there free uh, options out there for putting a blog or website together? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, there are plenty oh, of them. Um, some some that come to mind are uh, WordPress.com is a blogging platform, Blogger, Tumblr, Blogspot. Uh, the list oh, kind of goes on. So, you know, the uh, Blogspot's still around. Huh? I think so. Wow. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you might want to think about, and it, and it ceases to become free, but it's still very low cost, is mm-hmm. even if you're using one of those services or there's some. Uh, like uh, website platforms uh, like Squarespace and Wix and Weebly okay. and et cetera, et cetera, um, is making sure to like get your own domain, which is, uh, you know, like adamsredcross.org or whatever mm. the case may be, so that mm-hmm. you can uh, kind of better engage, I think, in branding initiatives so that people know about your, your organization. And it's really, I mean, it's it's not free to own a domain, but it's a whopping $15 a year, let's say. so. If somebody oh, doesn't own great. it already. Yeah, that's true. Know. Yeah, that's great to know. And I guess the last question I have for you is, in making my own personal blog, is there a way that someone could create a blog and not be able to be looked up by everybody and their brother? Can you make, like, a private blog? Or you do you can. have to... You, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah, so okay. one of those first services I was mentioning, uh, WordPress, it's a free service. You can set up a blog, and you can set the... Uh, the requirements for people to be able to see either the entire thing or individual pages, whatever you might like. Oh, great. Thank you so much, Cliff, and thanks for taking my call, guys. Have a great day. I appreciate the call, Natalie. Thanks a lot. Number to call here is 800-348-2551. Let's go to Tony in Lee, Massachusetts. Tony. Hi, thanks for taking my call. I have a retail store, and I have a website, and I don't seem to be able to find the website on search engines. Um it, the uh, the uh, domain name was not available to use the store name, and so we chose something that uses one of the words, and it was uh, to direct people to the website. Um, when I use a search engine, our Facebook page comes up right away, but our our website is nowhere to be seen. Mm, sure. And so, so uh, I'm sorry. Used, go ahead, Tony. Oh, I was just going to say we used a a, a search engine optimization. Uh, 
tool from our our uh, host, uh, but the uh, it didn't seem to make much difference. All it did was it placed the name of the store on many parts of the website, mm-hmm. um, but that didn't seem to improve our our uh, our our problem. Sure, boy, you know there's a whole host of issues there and and potential answers to the question. You know, people talk about search engine optimization, SEO. Um, and boy, do I hate the jargon, I have to tell you. It's something like magic, isn't it? Oh, Alchemy? yes. That's, uh, yeah, that's what keeps us in business, right? <laughs> um, you know, it, it is truly kind of a mix of art and science. There is, there is a method to it. Um, I just, I hate the jargon. Let's start okay. from, the, from the beginning with your website. What you really want to make sure that you're doing with your website is serving uh, the people who are going to be visiting that website. If you do a good job of that, there is a good chance that over time you are going to get some love from the search engines. But how much time? Yeah, it takes time. Organic, trying to get uh, what is called organic search results, which are, if you go to a search engine, some people call that Google, even use it as a verb. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there are other search engines for sure out there. Um, you know, if you go to a, a, a search engine and you're looking for those results that people do not pay for, the non-ads, it takes time for that to develop. And so I hate to call that free search because, honestly, it's not free anymore um, unless you have, like, an incredible niche in a very smallly populated area so that there's nobody else with a website uh, you know, pitching the stuff that you have, it's getting really hard to, to be found. So, you know, there are, Tony, I, I kind of look at it in two ways. There, there are two types of audiences that you're trying to reach. There are people who've heard about you and your store and that you want them to find you. And mm-hmm. then there are the people who don't know about your store, but they need whatever it is you're selling at your store. And so if you develop a website that has abundant, rich content of all different stripes, um, what I mean by that is the written word, video, audio, images, uh, all that sort of stuff, and you deliver a great experience to people, people will start to find you. Um, but, you know, there's also other stuff you can do for search engine optimization, too. You need to have uh, be on local business directories. We were talking about social media before, having yeah. a social media pre- uh, presence. That's all important. Meta tags, not so much anymore? Uh, well... There are different types of metadata, and uh, some is good and important, and some is meaningless. All right. Cliff Rohde is our guest. He is the owner of Goat Cloud Communications. The number to call is 800-348-2551. 800-348-2551. We'll be right back. Support for WMC comes from Real Seafood Company, Wolf Road Colony, offering a new musically themed Sunday brunch, realseafoodco.com slash brunch for menu. The Hyde Collection, an art museum and historic house in Glens Falls, New York, open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 5, and Sunday, 12 to 5, hydecollection.org. Grapes and Grains Wine and Spirits, East Greenbush, New York, offering wine and craft spirits from around the globe and from local artisans. Hand-picked selections of wines, single malts, and small batch bourbons, grapesandgrainswine.com. Clipcentric Albany, a local video services division of Clipcentric, producing video advertisements for businesses throughout the capital region for web, mobile, and TV, albany.clipcentric.com. And Windy Hollow Veterinary Clinic, Montague, Massachusetts, conventional and integrative veterinary medicine, including acupuncture and chiropractic therapy, 
comprehensive pet care and health services since 1998. WindyHollowVet.com. It's Vox Pop on WAMC. 800-348-2551 is our telephone number. We're joined today by Cliff Rohde of Goat Cloud Communications. And we're talking about oh, all sorts of stuff. You know, uh, I often wondered in the early days how you could monetize Twitter. And it's becoming more and more clear how you can do that. And one of the ways jumped out at me this this uh, weekend, this actually a few days ago. Uh, so one of the shows that I used to love to watch was Mystery Science Theater 3000. Crazy show. And it's been off the air for some time now. Now, the originator of that program has started a... A startup campaign, you know, uh, um, like Kickstarter, Kickstarter, or something right? Like exactly, that. Yeah. exactly. Crowdfunding for, to put more shows together, another series together, and so he started tweeting that out. And before a few days had passed, I think he had raised thirty-six percent of the eight million dollars he needed Ugh. to do a full season, nice, and pitch it to the networks. So it's it's just amazing. I guess once you hit a certain number of users on any service, then the possibilities are exponentially greater. Well, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, of course, you got to have the good content. But having, yeah, a user base that you can turn to, it's kind of exponential. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Now, in the break, we talked a little bit about best practices for social media. Sure. Uh, if you're running a business. Yeah. Most of the uh, social media work that I do does involve businesses. And they're really, you know, there's two different uh, types of social media. And, and, and really what I'm thinking about mostly right now is Facebook. Yeah. Um, Right? There's a personal side and there's a professional side. And so uh, you don't want to say necessarily never the twain shall meet, but most often that's the case that they should not meet. Yeah. So don't share those cat videos with your uh, business page uh, likes because they don't want to see that. Yeah. So, but there are there are some best practices, and you know, one a, uh, a handy mnemonic to remember is the four P's, perhaps, okay. uh, yeah. or. PPPP, if you like that better, I suppose, and you're as juvenile as I am. All right. But anyway, so the and the first case, what you should do is be professional, and what that means is, right, you're you're having a professional tone to your your business page on Facebook. Yeah. You're providing valuable information to people about the types of things that are relevant to your business. That's an important kind of post. Personal. You should also show some of your personality. You know, for small businesses, that's not so hard because. The owner is kind of wrapped up in the, you know, the um, the, the personality of the business itself. Sure. Um, so you should shed a little bit of light about your, your personality there. Uh, a little easier to do, again, with small businesses. And then uh, pitching, the third P, is what you do the least of because that turns people off. Right. Um, they want to, you know, it's a, it's a place for conversation and dialogue and engaging with people. And if you're always trying to hawk your goods... People are just going to stop following you. Absolutely. And then the fourth P is actually quite topical when it comes to, uh, like, the tragedy in Paris, which is pausing, let's say. Because, yeah. like, a lot of times what businesses will do, there are a lot of tools out there um, to sensibly automate the sure. process of sending out Schedule your tweets and posts. Facebook posts and all that sort of stuff. But you have to pay attention to world events, right? Because there can be an occasion, say, if, you know, things are going on in Paris— um, or locally, or wherever the case may be, that maybe it doesn't make sense for you to be taste. posting. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. very interesting. Our guest is Cliff Rohde. He is the owner of Goat Cloud Communication. Number to call here is 800-348-2551. Let's go to Judy in Massachusetts. Judy, you're on. Hi. 
Hi, thanks for taking the call. I had to turn my radio off when I made the call, so I don't know if you mentioned this to the gentleman who called about his business and not being able to get the domain name with the name of his company. Um, I wondered if you knew about GoDaddy.com. He could use his regular business name with the GoDaddy, and then they would send everybody to his real website that doesn't have the business name. Right. Well, you're... And that's, that's, that's only, it's not very expensive, maybe $8 a, a month of that. Well, there, there are a couple of issues that you're bringing up. Um, one is, yes, there are all sorts of domain, uh, regist- what are called domain registrars out there, where you can actually mm-hmm. go out and own a domain name, example.com, whatever the case may be. And um, you mentioned one. There are uh, a plenitude of them out there that are you know, reliable enough. And again, that costs about 15 bucks a year, actually, to just own a domain name. Mm. And what you can do with domain names that you don't want to have active, but you want to own them. I, I counsel people sometimes that it's a good defensive measure from a business perspective to own a domain that you're not going to use because then someone else cannot use it. And right. maybe it's valuable for you. Um, but you can do what's called point that to your domain that is the live one where the live website is. Um, and that's really don't, no cost whatsoever to just point the domain to a different one. So, you know, well, and yeah. There are, and I was going to say, too, thank you for reminding me about Tony's question, because, you know, there are a lot of what are called top-level domains out there. Um, .com is the most popular TLD or top-level domain. There I go using jargon. Sorry about that. And uh, But in any event, you know, a lot of the .coms are gone because they've been around the longest, and people want them. And from a technical standpoint, and even from a search standpoint, it really doesn't matter whether you have a .com or a .co or a .net or a .biz or a .xyz or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are perception issues because I think that in people's minds still they think, oh, .com, you're a serious business. And maybe you're not as serious if you have one of the other uh, top-level domains. But from a technical, again, search standpoint, it doesn't really matter. Where it, where it can matter, though, too, is like let's say uh, you would like a .com but that uh, domain is taken by somebody else who is within the same space you are, generally speaking. And so if you have a .co or a .net, well, people are going to accidentally type yeah. in .com, and they might end up at your competitor rather than at your domain. So you got to watch for that, too. Hey, Judy, yeah. thanks a lot for the call. We appreciate it very much. number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. We talked today with Cliff Rohde of Go Cloud Communication. This one came in via email. Voxpop at WAMC.org. This is from Tom, who says, I run an online business buying and selling antiques. I use one of the larger auction sites and have been thinking about transitioning to a private domain with an integrated shop. It would be beneficial to avoid a lot of the fees from the auction site, but I also worry about not having the built-in SEO marketplace. What advice do you have for someone who is thinking about moving to their own online store Great question, Tom, and go ahead, Cliff. Oh, that is a fabulous question. And we see that come up with, um, boy, uh, uh, people who are selling antiques, great example. Uh, People who make things, uh, 
uh, artists who want to sell their wares. You know, the, the critical notion here is that we want to go where the customers are likely to be. Yeah. And so there's, depending on how established you are, there's a real question about whether are people more likely going to find you on your own website um, or are they more likely to find you on one of the big auction sites or, you know, a place like Amazon is another storefront type um, website where you can sell your stuff, whatever that stuff right. is. But, yeah, you do have to pay fees. On the flip side, they're delivering a lot of potential customers to you, and your those fees pay for the infrastructure of the store that you would otherwise have to create on your website. For instance, taking payments. I mean, isn't that part of the, Fabulous the, the example. tricky part and, and security being paramount yeah. in some of these big established sites they take that weight off your shoulders, don't they? Well, they do. There's certainly a trust factor there. I mean, honestly, it's not so hard to set up a payment regime on your own website, but they they provide it all to you right there. And it's, a level of confidence. And trust, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Back to the phone. So I, I just, I'm sorry, to, to Tom's question, one thing that I do suggest to people is try them both out. Do both things. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe on your website, direct people to the auction house and... On the auction presence, direct people back to your website. Interesting. Number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. Cliff Rohde is our guest. Joanna in South Hadley, you're on. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to point out two things. One is um, I had originally set up my domain via GoDaddy, and I chose one of their existing templates. And then they, in their wisdom, <laughs> when they decided to make changes and update their gallery of templates, did away with the one I had for my website and I ended up having to choose one that I didn't like as well. So just know if you choose a template, it could go away. The second thing is, so then I migrated my uh, website over to uh, WordPress, and I had a person, I paid a person to set that up. But now I want to be able to get in there and change the text, for example, and I don't know HTML, and when I've tried to just configure things, I've messed some stuff up. Is there a simple web-based editor. I used to have Contribute to, and I liked it a lot, and then they phased that out, and I don't want something as expensive as Dreamweaver. Is there kind of a more user-friendly, simplified uh, web-based editor tool? Sure. Great question, Joanna. And so for the, the listeners who don't know, HTML stands for Hypertext Markup Language, and if you don't know that, I mean, shame on you, really. How could you <laughs> not know what <laughs> well, that Well, all means? right. Okay. Um, but no, Joanna, if you have a WordPress website right now, actually, you should not need another kind of editor. That's one of the beautiful things about WordPress. Um, that's my preferred, uh, what's called a content management system, the, the software you use to put a website together. Um, but they have very um, both sophisticated as well as very simple editing features um, within the back end of a WordPress website. And so if you are the owner of that website, you should have, um, at the very least, editing, if not administrative capabilities with that website where you can go into any page or post that's there and change the content to your heart's content, really. And, um, you know, the what happens is... Um, WordPress is kind of like a jigsaw or a, a software jigsaw puzzle in certain yeah. respects. There's there's the software, there's a theme which gives the site uh, its look and feel, and then there are the software plugins. You know that's all software. It's being updated all the time. They all those pieces of the puzzle got to play nice together. Um, but that the theme is really meant to provide you with a consistent look and feel. So you should only have to deal 
um, only you can, I don't know if you can see me, Joanne, I'm putting that within quotes only, <laughs> um, you know, deal with like changing the content. It's a little more complicated, slightly so if you want to add images or video or stuff like that. But I usually say to people, if you can handle word processing, you can handle WordPress updates. Mm. Well, thank you, because I've been obviously I've been going into the back end and getting to some place that's only HTML. Hey. So there must be another tool in there that I'm just not seeing. Well, okay, just one last thing on that. For WordPress aficionados, if you're looking at a poster page and you're trying to edit it, there is a text mode and a visual mode. Okay. And so it sounds like you're in the text mode side so of things. that be the source? Yeah. It kind, yeah. I mean, it's not all of it, but it is mostly for the content that's right there on the page. Okay. Um, and so look at that. See if you can look at the visual side. And one of the great things about WordPress, it now I think 25% of the websites that are out there, and it's like a billion websites or something, are WordPress websites. There's a million and one tutorials that are out there for free. You know, check out YouTube to find yep. out. Okay. How Thank to do you. It. You've done it. Thank you. Thanks You're a welcome. lot for the call. I mean, it, I'm sure it is improving as we go along, but. Back in the day, and I'll say a year ago or a couple of years ago, <laughs> yeah, back things in the like day, yeah. WordPress, Drupal, very easy, handy, but limiting in, in some ways. Well, you know, there's always that tension, I suppose, because it, it's trying to deliver a product, I think, that is very easy for the end user. Right. Um, but if you do that, you lose certain bits of control. The flexibility. For sure. Yes. Yeah. So, and, you know, uh, I use, uh, there are, uh, WordPress is almost becoming a, a, a platform for design rather than just a, um, gosh, uh, rather than just a software to use. So there are, there are now design elements that are quite sophisticated that you kind of put on top of the WordPress platform and use those for very flexible, hmm. sophisticated design. So I'm sure that it, 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 it grows more complicated, not more complicated, but more complex on the back end day by day. And the it, trick it, is making it, it still does. as simple to use. Yeah, for those and who... it, is, it is a trick. You know, because people want to use their websites, uh, like say in the business context, to really go to work for them. A caller was talking about selling stuff on their website, or you might have a membership uh, website, or the, you know, the options are almost endless. Back in the day, the, the WYSIWYG, the what you see is what you get, editors were just horrible to deal yes, with. Yes, indeed. And a lot of times they were proprietary. So you would hire someone, spend thousands of dollars, and be locked into their software. So, But, I mean, you know, you can get HTML in a nutshell. That's a great book, and you have it on hand. You know what all the tags mean if, you, if you're really feeling lucky and you want to go in there and mess around. <laughs> Let's go to Mark in Schenectady. Mark, you're on. Hi. Hello. Uh, are you on speakerphone? We're, yeah. we're, we're having a tough time hearing you. Let me try see if you hear it now. Hold on one second. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you there? Is it any better? It's a little better. I think we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. I have, I've had a business for 20 years, and my business is basically, before this time, has been just email, and I'm on the road a lot, so... My clientele, I reach usually just uh, through word of mouth and through being in a specific area. Uh, but if I wanted to get a domain uh, name and start up um, and, and do it myself, I know there are some software packages where you could do a simple domain and set it up. Is that something you would suggest or, um, or should I have to hire somebody to do it? 
Uh, boy, you're asking me a question, giving me a conflict of interest. Well, okay. No, of course, there are all sorts of ways you can do it, and the way that you said first is a perfectly acceptable way to go. There are uh, places where, you know, you go to, uh, uh, I think I mentioned some of them, Weebly, Wix, Webs.com, Squarespace. Um, there are all these places where you have kind of two choices there. One is you can get a domain that is... Um, say it's mark.squarespace.com, or you can buy your own domain and just essentially have them host it, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. So, and those are pretty, you know, they're, what happens with those sites is you end up paying, uh, or services, is you end up paying, I don't know, 15 to $25 a month, let's say, um, because they're providing you um, all sorts of services, keeping the software up to date and helping, right. like they have little functions for search engine optimization and all that sort of stuff. And so, I do caution people to take a look at that because if um, you might find that hiring someone else to do some of that stuff for you is uh, cost effective or you know cost comparative, let's say, and what are you going to get at at the end, one versus the other? So, but there are certainly plenty of uh, low cost options out there. I mean, one of the things is how 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 fancy do you want to be? Well, it depends on what your your business is. I think to some extent. Right. You'll, you'll get to some extent what you pay for when you hire a company. Sometimes you pay way too much for what you get, but there are a lot of options out there. You can shop around. And the reason I'm asking that question is because for 20 years, I haven't really needed anything but word of mouth. But, you know, I, you know um, clients and also uh, competitors that are actually in my business sometimes uh, we help each other out. I'm on the road a lot, and it's a lot of physical work. And he said, you know, Mark, you really should look into uh, the next step. Uh, it might, it'll increase your customer base, and that's where everyone's going today. And eventually, if you're just going word of mouth, if your, business is, your business structure will probably die off. Well, think of it this way. Think of it this way. When, when you go look for something now, do you go pull out a phone book? No, the no. first thing I do, even like a chimney sweep, I look for a chimney sweep or firewood or something like that, you look online. Correct. It, it's true. Yeah. It, yeah, if you don't have an online presence, to my mind, it creates kind of an existential crisis for your business because that is exactly where people go. Yeah. They I hear mean, about you. Well, first of all, it's the people who say hear about Mark's business and they want to research Mark. Is this someone I can trust, right. I want to do business with, and he's not online? Hmm, who is Mark? Versus also this other customer, potential customer base of people who need Mark services but have never heard of Mark. Right. How are they going to know he's out there? So. All right. Hey, Mark, we got to take a break here. but th- we got to take a fast break, but thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 1-800-348-2551 is our number. It's Vox Pop. We're joined today by Cliff Rohde of Goat Cloud Communication. We'll hit the home stretch coming up. Support for WMC comes from Pave Tile Wood and Stone, using French artisan techniques to manufacture pre-finished oak floors, decorative and terracotta tile, and importing aged French limestone. Showroom by appointment and online, pavetile.com. Noble Home, Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts. Custom-designed panelized house kits featuring eco-friendly passive and solar design elements, noble-home.net. Interactive Media Consulting, Saratoga Springs, New York, providing logo and print design, web development, and digital marketing throughout the capital region and beyond, 
marketing, creative, and business ideas since 1996. iMediaConsult.com. Claire Pearson, Shelburne Falls, Massachusetts, for over 10 years, offering plant spirit medicine and energy clearing for health, body, mind, and spirit. C L A R E Pearson at Verizon.net. And Interim Healthcare, providing companions, aides, and nurses in the home 2 to 24 hours a day, saluting their home health caregivers for the difference they make in their home care clients' lives. InterimHealthcare.com. Vox Pop on WAMC. Our number to call is 1-800-348-2551. Ray Graff here. We're joined today by Cliff Rohde of Goat Cloud Communication. And back to the phones we go. It's Rick in Warren, Mass. Rick, you're on. Yeah, hi. Uh, recently, some friends and I were going out to Western Mass, and we decided, well, I decided I would search for a brew pub on the uh, Internet on my desktop. Mm. And uh, in putting in the search words, I limited what I could find. But I did locate one restaurant where... Once you hit the home page, you clicked on a tab to secure either the lunch menu, dinner menu, or the beer menu. What popped up was a white page with a, with a um, swirling sun, and you had to sit there for 10 or 15 seconds. I clicked off. I said, to heck with this. I don't have time. We're <laughs> getting ready to leave. So right before we left, I went back on to see, because we have some options, uh, veg- uh, vegetarian options that we require, and I ended up having to copy and paste the home page three times so I could see three menus into the URL bar. Because of that spiraling sun, it would have taken me 20 minutes just to right, so... <laughs> try to go back and forth. So when we got to the event and I was there with my friends and I was telling my friend about how difficult this website was, she went to access it with her cell phone. She stood there and she said, oh, my God, this is awful. You know, you can be creative with a website, but you can also lose customers just as fast as you did with the two of us. And when I posted this comment on Yelp, because we did like the menu, but we thought the website was absurd, somebody actually commented back to me that they thought I was pretentious because nobody cares what a website looks like. Ooh, you're wrong about that. I mean, you, you <laughs> nailed it, man. You nailed it. It was awful. What do you think, Cliff? No doubt. I mean, delivering a positive user experience is mission critical. And so a positive experience generally means that a person can find exactly what it is that they're looking for on your website with a a minimum number of clicks. That yeah, the three site, clicks is our website. That the site is, you know, fast. Uh, it loads well. Responsive that, to responsive, devices. Responsive, exactly. It works well regardless of screen size. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was just reading, actually, when I was in the green room here, Ray, I was reading an article about um, uh, statistics about advertising, actually, online television advertising versus uh, online advertising. Yeah. And, um, you know, the uh, it's it has surpassed. Online advertising has surpassed television advertising on an annual basis. And Google just announced uh, recently that they're... Searches have been more often mobile searches than desktop searches. Yeah. So this is telling us, boy, you better have a mobile website that's working and, uh, you know, provides that valuable user experience. Rick, that's a great point. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. 1-800-348-2551. I would think the swirling sun would be a major turnoff if you're out and about and you're, you're on a mobile device. 
Oh yeah. You're on 3G or less. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I mean and people because there are so many websites now that pay attention to that. Yeah. When you get these kind of offliers that don't get it, you're you're immediately turned off. Yeah. You, you kind of think I think like Rick did, is like these people don't know what they're doing. Why should I go there to eat? Good point. Let's go to Christina in Phoenicia, New York. Hi Christina. Hi. Well, I was just driving down the road, and your program was so informative and fascinating, and I've had problems with my website lately in that uh, I haven't updated it in at least a year. Oh, boy. Shame on you. Because I created it in... What was that? I said shame on you. He's only kidding. I know. It's terrible. (laughs) Well, the reason is I got a new computer, and um, I tried to put my Dreamweaver software on it, and not only did my new computer not come with a CD drive... So I couldn't put it in there, but when I tried to use like a little external CD thing, it yeah. still wouldn't let me upload the program because the platform was too old or something like that. Oh boy! So, being that I created it in Dreamweaver, I know all about how to update and do it and make it fabulous in Dreamweaver. But I had no idea how to switch over from my website entirely designed in Dreamweaver to, for instance, like a WordPress. Sure. And at this point, it's so out of date that uh, I could easily start a new one, but I want to keep my website name, which I moved then to my, I use DreamHost. So I moved that to DreamHost. So now DreamHost is, a po- is hosting my site, but it hasn't been updated in like a very long time. Okay. And I was wondering if there was a way for me to use something free like WordPress to possibly totally revamp my website and then have my server point at it and if WordPress would be able to, let's say, import any of the design elements that I put in in Dreamweaver. Fabulous set of questions, Christina. And the, <laughs> the, the answer it's been is, niggling at me for a long time. Well, here we go. The answer is, of course, yes. Um, but let's uh, right, maybe drill, drill down a little bit. So let me, ask, <laughs> let me ask you this first. How big is your website? Well, you know, I had a gallery for like almost 12 years. And every, I would update it so regularly. I mean, every month I would put in a new show, and I would take, you know, 50 to 100 pictures at least and upload those. And I had artists that I was, was representing, so I created pages for them. But I closed my gallery when I had a baby, so, uh, or, you know, when she was six months old. So I don't really have to worry about all the other pages which I had created. Yeah. I can pretty much um, scale it down to be mostly my work, perhaps the history of what I've done and that sort of thing. But I definitely want a platform that's up-to-date for because I use Facebook like crazy, but I want a platform that's up-to-date so I can say, go to my website and it'll be up-to-date because I don't even share my website right now because it's so out-of-date. Okay. Well, so that was a loaded question I asked. And here's, yeah. here's, some, here's some observations, uh, some, some just, uh, suggestions I might have for you. Okay. Um, one is uh, to pick the important pages, as I think you're already saying that's what you want to do. Um, yeah. And so what you can do really is just sort of copy and paste into a brand new WordPress installation that you're creating. Which on, is free, right? Totally free. So, That's and, what is important. Yep. And, well, there are, two, there are two things, and they're both free. There's a WordPress.com version, which is like a blogging platform, and then there's the software that you can get for what's called a self-hosted website, um, which is at WordPress.org, O-R-G. That's just where you get the software. And, again, that's free, too. But so you, uh, you leave your current site 
as it is, alive for right now. You copy and paste information into a brand new site on what would be called a staging area, a place where it's not the final resting place, but it's where it is as you develop the brand new site. And Uh then um, essentially what you do is you do like a what you would call a cutover. So you you replace wholesale the old site with the new site. But there's a very important thing that you need to do, which is to put in place what are called redirects, um, sometimes called 301 redirects. Because if you you used Dreamweaver before, you're going to use WordPress now, the URLs, the actual pages, are going to have a different naming convention than they did before. And so you don't want the world to be going to your old site because they're going to get another piece of jargon, what's called a 404 page error, ah, which is the yeah, worst right. you can get, right? Page those. not found. Yeah. So, so, yeah. but it's, so it's my, I guess there are a few steps along the way, but it's, it's fairly straightforward to create a new site with a new look, very modern looking, uh, with the old content. You can well, do this. And, and- and so, so like, for instance, um, when I use the staging area in WordPress, I would, I would create a, a, a uh, website in WordPress, call it whatever, and then when I use my host, which currently hosts my website, which is, you know, kind of defunct and designed in a program that's no longer available to me, mm-hmm. uh, can I point my website, which has my website name, the server, can I point that website to the WordPress that I created? And is that something I do with my host? Well, what, let's say that right now your website is called Christina.com. So uh-huh. when you develop the, the staging area, let's say you develop it at a place called staging.christina.com. No one's going to get to uh-huh. see it except for you. But then at the end of the day, uh, you will overwrite your existing website with the new one, and it's still going to be at Christina.com. It's just going to be a brand-new, fresh WordPress website rather than the old one. And where does my old one go? Well, you'd probably, ultimately, you would want to delete those old files because you don't want people to inadvertently be able to look at the old, old website and yeah. the new website. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would go into your host and just delete files, but you don't want to do that until you're assured until that I'm you ready. have the new one up, yeah. Yeah, because my current host also has, you know, and I was wondering if there was a way to FTP in and I could do something like that. And then I could, you know, work with the HTML because I learned a little bit of that kind of coding, I guess you call it, when um, I was doing my site. But really what I'm looking for is something snazzy that is pre-designed. I can just jam some pictures in there, some of my artwork, whatever, Mm -hmm. and that I can link it to my Facebook page and also an eBay store that I started. Because, like I said, I kind of closed down shop, but I didn't mean to close down my website as well. Ah. I just was forced to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. Well, you know, again, with, with uh, one of the other callers kind of mentioned this, a, with WordPress, you can choose what is called a theme, which will give the website its look and feel, and there are literally thousands to choose from. Just make yeah. sure well, that it, it is responsive, as Ray yeah, was saying well, before. Yeah, well, my theme was always just a black background, so the artwork was set off properly, but... You know, I got to say, I was just driving down the road, and this was so informative that I started zipping along to make sure I could get my question in. Well, so I'm going to ask I'm for a raise then. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to go from zero to 0.1. <laughs> hey, thanks, Christina. That's funny. Thank you so much. Appreciate Thank the you. call. 1-800-348-2551 is our telephone number. one 800 348 2551. It's been an interesting program so far. Some good calls. Absolutely. These people are thinking. A lot of people interested in uh, sprucing up their own websites and 
You know, should you um, should you want to get your own website and you come across, say, say you're a pretty popular business, what are the odds you come across a squatter? Oh, you know, I, I again, well, I wasn't giving tax advice. I'm not going to give legal advice. But, I, I, you know, I think they're out there. But I think if you have a legitimate claim to the business and the domain, that there are mechanisms that you can put into place to tell this person, hey, it's I a, should own that, not you. It can be an expensive process, though, right? Can be. Lawyers? So. Yep. Well, interesting. I mean, that, 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 if, I, if I owned a business, that would concern me. I would, I would probably buy the domain before I named the company. You know, it's it really needs to be a part of the process of company formation, um, deciding, you know, is the domain available too? Because, yeah, people are going to search for you in whatever you are, whatever your entity becomes the name. They're going to be looking for that name online. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. If, if, if you're a, a mom-and-pop pizza place, been around since the 50s, and there are 12 other ones with the same name in the country, yeah. you can be out of luck. You can be out of luck, yeah. But it's amazing what you can do with hyphens and different spellings and the different top-level domains we were talking about. Or sometimes people will add a, uh, you know, a geographic reference into the domain. Yeah, I Um, suppose so. I suppose so. Number to call here is 1-800-348-2551. we got a caller on the line. Our call screener, Bruce Herbach, is working on it very quickly as we speak. Uh, You have anything to vamp with until we uh, take the next call? Oh, boy. Did you know this, that there are over 1 billion uh, monthly active Facebook users? One in seven people in the world. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. So, and you know, actually, the, this whole social media, you know, thing, it, 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 it's uh, like it, there's such a blending. We we're talking about online business directories, search engines, websites. Yeah. They're, they're really all kind of blending because, you know, you can be social on a website. Um, you can buy stuff on a website or you can go to uh, an auction website and buy. It's just, it's amazing what's it's funny. kind of going on. I saw, I keep seeing this ad uh, for this company that makes your own Facebook page. Yeah. And I, you know, I got to think, not the, you, you sign up for an account, you got a Facebook page. Is it really necessary to have somebody make your Facebook page for you? Well, I tell you, when I talk about social media, when I go before business groups, it, there is nothing that elicits more groans than when I say, "Sorry, folks, you got to have a Facebook business page too." Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a business there because you know business people, I think, would rather deal with business than deal with a Facebook business page. Yeah, I suppose. But they gotta have it. But it's fairly easy to maintain. Well. It is. Joe at the uh, at the front desk can do that in his spare time. Well, you, you know, I would say you need to be careful about messaging and make sure that the people who are in charge of your Facebook page are saying the right things. You know, there have been cases, I'm, I'm trying to remember one right now, and I can't, but I know that I've read about them where, you know, you get someone who posts something that they really shouldn't have done. They had access to the account, um, heat of the moment, they post something, and it can really damage the brand. Yeah, well... You, you would think, again, keep in keeping with the four Ps, right, you wouldn't want to do anything that is not focused on the business. Right. Well, you know, you, you think you're being funny, being a little jokey, doing the personal thing, and it, you know, falls flat. And then you're in trouble. And then also, you know, if you have a Facebook page that ends up being just a ghost town because you're not posting there, then people will scratch their heads and say, where are they? All right, a couple of minutes left here. Let's go back to the phones. And Maria in Monterey, Mass. Maria, you're on. 
Hi, thank you so much. This is such a great wealth of information. Um, I'm calling from a nonprofit, and we have um, a new website that we are, you know, having a lot more control over. And what we're really hoping that we could do is have a secure login um, for our board members um, so they could use secure documents and calendar share and things like that. Yeah, that's easily done, right? Well, it is. And, you know, I would urge you to consider whether you want to do that on your website or whether you want to do that via some other channel. Um, you know, for instance, uh, you know, there are different types of file sharing, calendar sharing resources out there, uh, Dropbox, Google. There are others that are out there, too, where you can really control who has access to what. Um, there's some great uh, free project management uh, software is out there. Uh, Basecamp is one. Asana is another. So <clears throat> there are a lot of different options out there. Managing, I you know, I, I tend to find that managing calendars uh, and documents on the website proper uh, can be a little bit challenging because most people have a very basic website uh, hosting arrangement. They're, you know, it's, it's called shared hosting. It's really inexpensive. And so it's not really capable of delivering a very robust experience like you can get at like a, a Google Apps kind of service. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you think we should just kind of take it, take it off our website entirely? Well, and use Google Docs. Well, I would say think about it. You know, explore that. And I will say, you know, one of the amazing things I, I, you know, I think I actually do own a three quarters of a piece of stock in Google, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> thanks for the full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, can I just they, ask? There's so so. Part of, our, part of our concern is that we are a healthcare organization. Hey, Maria, I'm so sorry. We're oh, okay. out of time. But, Cliff, why don't you give your email address here, and then uh, we'll uh, take it from there. Sure. Uh, you can reach me at cliff, C-L-I-F-F, -F, at goatcloud.com. All right. Thanks a lot, Maria, and thank you, Cliff. Fun show today. Support comes from Boyden & Perrin, Amherst, Massachusetts, offering lawn and garden equipment, parts, and service to customers throughout western Massachusetts, a family-owned business for over 50 years, boydenandperrin.com. Amherst Copy and Design Works, offering printing and copying, sign-making and design services from booklets to stationery and labels to lawn signs in downtown Amherst, Massachusetts, amherstcopy.com. Saratoga Saddlery, Saratoga Springs, New York, an equestrian lifestyle boutique featuring cowboy boots by Lucchese and Ariat for women, men, and kids on Facebook and saratogasaddlery.com. And the Department of Theater Arts at SUNY New Paltz presenting a gender-bending Shakespeare's Julius Caesar staged at an all-girl preps academy through November 22nd, newpaltz.edu slash T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Thanks to Cliff Rohde for being here. Thanks to Zach Malloy. Thanks to Bruce Herbach for answering the phones. Our producer, Jessica Blaustein Marshall. I'm Ray Graff. Stand by for news.